ellenrealestate at gmail.com. And good morning, everybody. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Labor Day. Well, this is that Labor Day weekend. The weeks sure go. They, they move quickly here. We're almost end of summer. Today I'm going to start with the verse out of Amos 3.7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing until He reveals His secret, intimate plans to His servants, the prophets. The plans to bring judgments upon His people and upon the world. Surely the Lord God will do nothing without revealing these plans to His servants, the prophets. This has been the pattern with God through the ages, in every age, not just the Old Testament times, New Testament times. God would do nothing unless He revealed what He was going to do to the servants who He commissions to present to the believers, whether they were Jewish in the Old Testament times, the Jewish people in the initially when the church age began and at the end of the world God won't do anything until he reveals what he's going to do and generally the principle is God brings hardships or punishments to firstly his people then to the world But he did say that he would have to 
warn mankind, warn his children what was going to happen before he began the hardships. As I have uh, started the three-hour program and prior to that, I have always presented to the audience the end of the world scenario, the book of Revelation. For the Christians at the end of the world, in the time before Christ's return, in the period of time where righteousness would mature with certain people in the body of Christ, and wickedness and evil would mature in the world like two trees. Both would grow side by side. They would mature at the same time at the end of the world. <clears throat> when I use the term end of the world, I mean not when the world will be destroyed, when everything is going to dissolve, but I use the term in the end of the world like Christ did at the end of the reign of the devil and his control of the nations. That would be the end of Satan's rule of mankind and the end of the evil that would, at the time in which we live, the evil that would grow and the evil that would be recognizable evident, you can't dismiss it, the world won't be able to dismiss it, because evil will mature. And in that evil, there will be a group, it would be a remnant, and I will say in the seven churches of God, in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, with each of the seven churches, there would be a remnant, a group that would be faithful to God, that would overcome, they would be overcomers, they would get the victories uh, that are needed in their own lives personally, the victories over the bondages and sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. And also, they would stand and get the victories over the kingdom of darkness that appears to prevail, that would appear to prevail at the end of the world. It would be a, uh, always God has had a, a remnant or a small remnant or a faithful company or a residue of faithful peoples. This has always been the plan or the pattern with God through the centuries and through the thousands of years all the way back to the time of Adam. Surely the Lord will do nothing until he reveals his plans to bring judgments on the world and especially now at the end of the world. The judgments that will come to the children of God are not eternal judgments. Because those who are truly born again, who have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God in them, who have been, their spirits, their human spirits have been regenerated, they are 
guaranteed with a blood promise by Jesus Christ and the promise of eternal life. So eternally, we will be with God. The punishments to the, the children of God who are unfaithful will be a period of time in a millennial kingdom which is coming and the nations of the world have always talked about a period of time where they would call it uh, nirvana uh, in the occult or uh, they have different terms, terminology. We would call it the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ or the uh, 1,000 year period of the rule and reign of Christ. And in that 1,000 year period of time for those that are faithful throughout the last 6,000 years, the Old Testament saints of God and the New Testament born-again children of God that were faithful, that millennial kingdom, they will rule and reign for a thousand years with Christ. They will be at a great banquet, a wedding, a wedding banquet, a feast, a wards banquet, so to speak. For those that are faithful, that thousand-year period of time, they will seek, be seated at a with Christ in the millennial kingdom and Jesus Christ said he would come and he would wait on them. It would be a banquet and he would wait on them. Waiting in the sense of he would serve them. The greatest among you shall be your, the servant of all. But in the time in which now in, in the present while we are alive, we uh, have, God has expectations for his children. And the expectations is, as Christians, that we would grow. We would grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We would grow in the knowledge of all that he has provided for us, uh, given us eternal life initially. Uh, then on top of that, he's given us grace so that we can be overcomers in the world to keep ourselves from the corruption of the world or the cosmos that is ruled by Satan. There are so many things that he has given us. Redemption. There has been uh, atonement, atonement with God. We don't have to fear God anymore. We do fear him in the sense that he is God and that even with his children, there are chastisements, but not eternally. In time and then through the millennial kingdom, for those that are faithful, they are with Christ in the millennial kingdom, feasting. For those that are unfaithful, there is a place called outer darkness. It's not a, a place of, of fire, it's just a place where God's children that have not been faithful are, in a sense, outside of the wedding feast. They know the wedding feast is taking place, but they're outside of it in a place called outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. They missed their opportunity to uh, go into that wedding feast. And the best example would be in Matthew 25, I believe it is, 24, the end of 24, 
the parable of the foolish and the wise virgins. Ten virgins, five are wise, five are foolish. And the foolish, during their lifetime, they don't buy oil for their lamp. The lamp being their soul, they don't buy oil. And then as it gets darker and nighttime and the time for the bridegroom to come, then they have to trim their lamp to go out to meet the bridegroom. But five, the five foolish say, well, they go to the five wise and they say, give us oil for our lamps because our lamps are going out. And the five wise say, no, lest we don't have enough oil for our lamp, you go and you buy oil for your lamp. That's what we're doing presently. We're buying oil for our lamps, for our soul, by being faithful to God. And eventually the five go into the wedding feast. They go in the ceremony of the marriage. They're with the bridegroom. The five foolish says that they are outside of that that uh, experience and they miss and I'm trying to find the exact way it phrases it in Matthew 24 so I can tell you exactly well let's see was it 24 yes here it is sorry it's Matthew 25 and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they, the wise, went in to buy, or, and while they went to buy, the, the unwise, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say to you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour where the Son of Man cometh. And, another, and I'm trying to find the other verses where it says that they do not go into the wedding feast. That's just the wedding feast. The wedding feast is only a thousand year period of time. Eternal the eternity with God is after the wedding feast. So for the wedding feast, they are not in with the bridegroom. There are other verses that say that those during that period of time, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I didn't prepare for that, this little segment, but I feel it's important. There is, there is judgment coming. And I say that there is a hardships and punishment coming to the seven churches of God in America. There are punishment coming to the world as a whole, and the punishments already, we can see, the punishments are evident. The hardships that are taking place presently in this society and in, this, in the societies of the world are the hardships that would come at the end of the world. One thing that gets the attention of people is hardship. When you're having, when everything in life is going well, you don't think about, you're oblivious to 
reality in a sense sometimes. But once hardships come, once changes come, like what we've seen in America and in the world for the last almost two years, actually began with the uh, election of Donald Trump. The election of Donald Trump was a way in which God opened the heavens to show the nations that during a presidency there was stability. But after uh, the election, whether you believe it was a fair election or not, regardless, after the inauguration of Joe Biden, things began to turn and change in a different direction. Things were moving already because of the, the virus and the sicknesses. But now, not just with the viruses, the sicknesses, everything, all things are changing in the economic world. An upheaval, upheaval in the nations in Europe now presently with what just happened in Afghanistan. Change is taking place. God is coming to judge the children of the devil to the unrighteous world. But before he judges the unrighteous world, judgment begins at the house of God first. So God is coming and is going to begin chastisement in his own house, in his church, churches, internationally. I'm going to focus on today the churches in America. Even though this is the Labor Day weekend, this is the day to celebrate, to have a three-day weekend, to barbecue, to be with your family. Yes, we need to do that. But prophecy, end of the world prophecy, the prophecy and the time and the prophecies that we, that are now being fulfilled in our time, they move. They keep moving. They don't stop. They can't. There's nothing that can stop the prophecies from taking place. And one of the prophecies, a major, major prophecy in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the great apostasy that would take place in the time in which we are living, that great apostasy means a great distancing the, the distancing of God's children from God, from sound doctrine, from sound theology, from eschatology, and from the history of God's churches and God's people. Apostasy means you go, you're, you're driving down the interstate on the wrong, in the wrong, uh, coming, the the traffic coming at you. You're you you have jumped lanes. You're not going. You're not in the right lane. You're on the lane where the oncoming traffic is coming at you. That would be apostasy, and it's it's much deeper than that. It means even to the point where, in the body of Christ, in the seven churches in America. The apostasy 
is not just moving away from God, separating yourself from God, distancing yourself from God, but it is actually moving not only away from God, but moving into and toward the worship of Baal and the bowing to the things of the world, to the other kingdom. That is apostasy. God has a kingdom, but when you begin to give your allegiance to another kingdom, that is a greater meaning of apostasy. And many, many Christians in all the seven churches in America, their allegiance is to the other kingdom, the kingdom of the cosmos, the kingdom that I tried to, I made an attempt last week to present the cosmos the world that the devil rules, his kingdom, the order in the devil's kingdom, I tried to present as clearly as I could the cosmos, the other kingdom that the true church of God is at war with, a kingdom that uh, is real, it is powerful. In that kingdom there is order. The order of that kingdom is to take billions of people to eternal fire. The order of that kingdom is to destroy the lives of people, their quality of life, the direction in their lives, so that they never fulfill and get to enjoy the great plans that God had for not just the Christians, but for the people in general. God intended that mankind would enjoy the fruits of his labor. But at the same time, God intended and warned man that to enjoy life, there are boundaries. The tighter the boundaries, the greater the quality of life. It's just the opposite uh, in the sense. People think that if you allow people to go their way without having laws, that that would be a great, the best quality of life. Eliminate the laws, let people do as they wish. But that's really not true. The tighter the restrictions and boundaries on a man's conscience are, the greater the enjoyment of life, the greater the value a person be. Uh, the value of a person increases because the person is is safe. Uh, the term I would use is no guile. I think it was Nathaniel when the Lord saw Nathaniel in a tree. He told Samuel, uh, Nathaniel, I think it was the next day, he said, Nathaniel, I saw you in the tree yesterday. And he mentioned that the quality of his being was there was no guile in him. In other words, there wasn't anything in him that was uh, off balance. He wasn't, he was a, a person that was, uh, that was safe. No guile. No objective. He didn't have a motive. He was pure. He, you knew what he was, what he said he was, the way he lived. 
you could trust it. He didn't have an objective, a plan. He wasn't there to sell you something. Wasn't there to take something from you. He had no motives that were evil. A man with no guile. This is what we are to be as children of God. As children of God, we are not to be people who have motives, who have objectives. We have to be pure. The greater the, greater the boundaries are on your lives, the more productive, more fruitful, more blessed you will be. But in the order of the kingdom of the, the devil, re, there is no restraint do and the, even in the in the uh, satanic bible the number one law is do as you wish something to that effect do whatever you want all that you do is good whatever you want to do do it well you cast away that type of restrictions you're going to die early and you're going to cause people suffering harm hardship this is what's happening in our society. They that rule this nation are removing restraint from what they do. We'll be right back. I told you so. We here at KHNC are looking for new conspiracy theories because all the old ones have become fact. This has been a public service announcement from KHNC. What's up guys, Bucky Dillon here, and I am genuinely concerned about the state of affairs here at KHNC. It seems as though Jason has completely bought in to this entire flat earth thing. I don't know, make up your own minds, but you gotta tune in starting September 7th at 3 o'clock to a series of shows that he calls the lost history of flat earth on faking the truth. Again, that's starting September 7th. Don't miss it. The lost history of flat earth. And let's keep praying for Jason. Do you need your fireplace clean? Not sure if your fireplace is working right or not sure if the fireplace is efficient? Call Abundant Flame at 970-966-0217 to schedule your appointment. We service all brands of gas fireplaces, freestanding and built-ins, pellet stoves, wood fireplaces, and electric fireplaces. Visit us at Abundant-Flame or call 970-966-0217. The creation of the cell phone has been an incredible technological advancement with many conveniences. At the same time, it became the largest vulnerable device the world has ever seen and destroys any privacies you think you may have. At any given time, multiple governmental agencies or hackers can be listening to your cell phone calls or intercepting your texts. Because of this invasion of privacy, the defense enabling and assisting framework known as DEF, was developed to keep your personal and digital cell phone transmissions protected. To learn more, visit us at DEFProtection.com. That's DEFProtection.com. Make sure your calls, texts, and all digital transmissions are cloaked at all times. That's DEFProtection.com. Remember, privacy is freedom. Reasons to own gold. Reason number one. Culturally, the golden rule is treating others as you want to be treated. 
but financially, the golden rule is those that have the gold make the rules. When you retire, make sure you can write your rules. Call the Patriot Trading Group at 800-951-0592 or visit our website at allamericangold.com. Hello, friends. This is Bradley Dean, show host for the Sons of Liberty. Join me on KHNC 1360 AM every weekday at 8 p.m., Saturdays at 5 to 7 p.m., and Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. Okay, and we're going to continue with today's program. Every Sunday from 8 to 11 for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I just about a little less than a month ago, I went to a three-hour program. Then uh, during the week, I have a new schedule. Monday through Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m., I will be on a program that I title The Present Truth. The Present Truth. Because we are in a present truth. Then, uh, after today's program at noon, for the next three weeks, I will have the 12 o'clock to one hour, and we'll talk about uh, current events, things that are happening. And for those that want to contact me, I appreciate everyone that is assisting me for the ministry. I really appreciate it. It is helping me immensely. It's giving me uh, freedom to take care and purchase things that I need to take care of for, for a future plan. And my contact information is P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Again, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, 80502. So, and we're going to continue now with uh, God has to bring hardships because his people do go astray. And throughout America's history, and I'm going to focus on the United States of America. I have presented to this audience that the United States of America is a unique nation. It's a one-of-a-kind nation. It will become the great empire. It is a great empire. And it is in the Bible. It's in Revelation chapter 17, chapter 18. America is called Babylon the Great of the end of the world. There was an ancient Babylon, which was Iraq, the time of Nebuchadnezzar. And Iraq is presently once again a nation. It is not a great nation. It is a wealthy nation. But it is not a great nation. It does not have great armies. It has a limited economy. And many Christians in the, uh, for the last 10 years have stated that, maybe 15 years, that Ancient Babylon of the Great, ancient Babylon, which is in the land of again, Iran, Iraq, is going to rise to power once again, 
and be the seat of Antichrist, a coming Antichrist? Well, it's not. The Bible in Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51 talks about a great empire at the end of the world, Babylon the Great, which sits between two great oceans, the Atlantic on the east, the Pacific on the west. It is an empire like never, no nation has ever been, it existed ever in the history of the world. There are reasons why she would be a great empire. I've mentioned these things in previous programs. One reason is technology, not just military power, but technology. At the end of the world, Daniel, in chapter 12 of the book of Daniel, Daniel said that people would, knowledge would increase and people would travel to and fro. At the end of the world, there would be international travel and knowledge would be, would every year explode. There'd be an explosion of knowledge. Part of the explosion of knowledge is not only to look out into the universe, but to look deep into the things at the molecular level, at the level of the DNA, and to actually see what is happening at microscopic levels. And because of the technology that we have, we're able to do that to the point where we're able to alter the DNA of mankind and what is happening with this pandemic. That is exactly what is happening. Mankind has the technology to change the DNA structure of not just the creatures, not just the animals, not just the plants, but man himself. There's a prophecy in the Bible about just that. And at the end of the world, the nations will be ill, sick, unhealthy, physical hardships due to, and I'm not sure that we're at the time of the great consumption in, Revel, in the book of Isaiah chapter 28. There is a consumption, a sickness that will come upon the world. I don't believe that this virus, the coronavirus, or what is happening with the vaccinations, I'm not sure that is the consumption that God is talking about in Revelation chapter 28. That consumption is something even harsher than what we're experiencing now. I'm going to do another program in the future about that. I can't do it now. I want to present to you that because the churches in America are apostate, there has to be, and I will use the term that Christians have used for the last 200 plus years, there has to be an awakening. And there will be a final awakening at the end of the world. One final great people. Some people call it a revival. Revivals come and go. But when there is a repentance, then repentances uh, generally are more effective than just revivals. You repent the day that you are born again. 
that doesn't begin a revival. That begins a whole new dimension of life. So I think we're in a time where there is going to be the greatest time of repentance in the history of the world. And no, the whole world won't repent. But there will be those in the world that will repent and draw nigh to God one final time. It will be that group of people in the world that God will use to, in many different ways, this group of people will be used to bring judgments. The, the children of the devil, they use technology to bring judgments on their fellow man. Well, God will use his children just like he did Moses and many of the other people in the stories of the Old Testament. God will use people to bring judgments on an unrighteous, unrepentant, wicked societies in the world internationally. Well, this is where God is moving with his children. There's going to come a time when those believers that have the knowledge and have the right condition in their heart and have the right character that have moved to God and allowed God to purify them, they're going to have the authority to bring punishments to mankind. There will be one final awakening, one final time where man, people in the body of Christ will repent, and we're at that time. The Holy Spirit will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. There will be a great, I guess you would call it a millions of millions of people will I guess, how would I say it? They will accept Jesus Christ. They will recognize Him as God and they will ask for forgiveness and they will receive His Holy Spirit to be born again. Okay, now in America, I have an article, A Brief History of Spiritual Revival in This Country, and it was by a Patrick Morley. And uh, he's describing what happened with Jonathan Edwards in Northampton, Massachusetts in 1734. There are things that are vital to the Christians. Theology, doctrine, eschatology, and history. History is vital. It's one of the, the ways of God so that His people can see God in the past, know Him in the present, and see His plan for the future. So I'm taking you back to 1734. Jonathan Edwards states, quote, It pleased God to display His free and sovereign mercy in the conversion of a great multitude of souls in a short space of time, turning them from formal, cold, and careless profession of Christianity 
to the lively exercise of every Christian grace and the powerful practice of our holy religion. So, taking a church that is cold and lukewarm to being fervent again. That's about as clear as a definition as we'll ever get. During a revival, God supernaturally transforms believers and non-believers in a church, a locale, region, nation, or the world through sudden, intense enthusiasm for Christianity. I would say not so much Christianity as enthusiasm for the Lord Jesus, for uh, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, for the Godhead, for all that God is. Revival and wakings are generally synonyms. The larger the geography a revival covers, the greater the tendency to call it an awakening. I will call it an awakening also because this is going to be international. But I'm going to stick with what's going to happen in the United States of America. Now he says that the first, one of the first great awakenings was 1734 through 1743. This was by a young Jonathan Edwards. He's a pastor. After months of fruitless labor, he reported five or six people converted. One was a woman, young woman. He says, she has been one of the greatest company keepers in the whole town. He feared her conversion would douse the... She, in other words, she was a prostitute. He feared her conversion would douse the flame, but quite the opposite took place. 300 souls converted in six months in a town of 1,000 people. New spread of the... Uh, like wildfire and similar revivals broke forth. Starting in Philadelphia in 1739... George Whitfield, his dramatic preaching was like striking a match to the already underway awakening. An estimated 80% of America's 90,000, 90, no, no, 900,000 colonists personally heard Whitfield preach. A second great awakening, 1800 to 1840, just prior to the Civil War, there was a Presbyterian minister, Minister James McGreedy. He presided over a strange spiritual manifestation in Logan County. So why is this important? Because history and what God did and how God did things is bringing us to the present. There is something happening, yes, internationally, yes, in America, there are places where God is doing His work. He has to. He promised He would. He's held to His promises. But in Colorado is my objective to present to this audience what will happen in this state along the Front Range, what happened in Southern Colorado, what will happen and is happening in northern Colorado. But to 
to understand that God does have these times in which he visits a region, a nation, a locality. He doesn't visit just to visit. He visits because he has an objective. And there is a specific plan in these times when God visits and God pours his spirit out upon areas, regions, localities. If I get to it, I'll talk about what happened in Longmont, Colorado in about 1975, 76, 77. There was a kind of a similar situation that took place here in northern Colorado at the same time. I'm going to try to get to that, but first I've got to lay this groundwork down. So now we're at 1800 to 1840. So he, McGreedy presides over a strange spiritual manifestation in Logan County, Kentucky. Resulting, the revival drew thousands from as far away as Ohio. Over the next 25 years, not a single month passed without news of a revival somewhere. In 1824, Charles Finney began a career that would eventually convert half a million people to Christ. It was an unparalleled, unparalleled 100,000 were converted in Rochester, New York in 1831 alone. Now the children of the devil, this is foolishness to them. This is just foolishness. But to the godly, as you can see, the intention and objective of Christ was always to bring people and gather people into his kingdom. So it's vital to see it from that perspective. By 1950, the nation's population exploded to 23 million people. This is in 1850. Those connected to evangelical churches grew nearly tenfold from 7% to 13% from a population from 350,000 to 3 million church members. The businessman's revival of 1857 to 1858, again, just before the Civil War. We'll be going to the, a break here in just a second, but I'm going to continue with this. If you understand history, you're watching God move from the past coming forward to the present. You'll understand what's in store here in the future. The businessman's revival in 1858 to 1850 or 1857 to 58, just prior to the Civil War. We'll be right back. No people will tamely surrender their liberties, nor can any be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. On the contrary, when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Samuel Adams. 
Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners, family owned and operated since 1970. We use the latest non-toxic green cleaning systems and state-of-the-art tensioning units to assure a quality and consistent finish. Located in Severance and Fort Collins, from wedding gowns to sleeping bags, we do it all. For info and directions, call us at 970-775-0623. Again, 970-775-0623. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at DehiboTeaClub.com, 818-610-8088. Dehebo is spelled T-A-H-E-B-O. DehiboTeaClub.com, 818-610-8088. Hi, my name is Vince with Serenity Painting and Decorating. Since 2010, painting residential and commercial locations. For a free estimate, please call Vince Rivera at 970-978-9565. Please ask about our free window cleaning after paint service. Again, 970-978-9565. What's up guys, Bucky Dillon here, and I am genuinely concerned about the state of affairs here at KHNC. It seems as though Jason has completely bought in to this entire flat earth thing. I don't know, make up your own minds, but you gotta tune in starting September 7th at 3 o'clock to a series of shows that he calls the lost history of flat earth on faking the truth. Again, that's starting September 7th. Don't miss it. The lost history of flat earth. And let's keep praying for Jason. Okay, we're going to continue here. And uh, again, I want to just let everyone know that Starting on Monday, not tomorrow, but next week, to, well, this, this coming week, Tuesday to Thursday, I'll be from 2 to 3 in the afternoon, a new program, The Present Truth, every week, 2 to 3, Monday through Thursday, and again next Sunday from 8 to 11 for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I try to get a flow in a direction that the Lord would have me continue on every week. And I just felt that there's going to be one more time, and I've talked about this in the past, where God is going to pour His Spirit out upon the world, upon the earth, upon mankind, and also upon His churches. He said He would do it in the Bible, in the Scripture, in the Holy Scripture, and He's going to do it. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, 
he said that he would pour out doctrine, doctrine like the rains and that we were to ascribe greatness to his name and that he would call to the heavens and to the earth and he would there would be a, an awakening of his universe because the whole universe is conscious and aware that uh, some great event is is in in the making and that event is the return of Jesus Christ the second coming of Jesus Christ 2000 years ago he came as a child lived his life eventually was crucified buried was in the grave for three days he raised from the dead and for the last 2000 years he has been seated in the heavens beside his father and through his Holy Spirit he has given mankind eternal life we are born again we have eternal life and we're part of a great plan we who are alive today have a great we are in the greatest time of the fulfillment of the eternal plan of God there is an eternal plan that eternal plan is to it, it includes mankind as a whole it includes the unseen world and in the unseen world of angels there is the kingdom of darkness the kingdom of evil the kingdom of hell then there is the holy angels of God and the kingdom of heaven the two kingdoms are colliding there's a clash we are in that great battle at the end of the world that the Bible says would take place and out of it is going to come a millennial kingdom and we're going to continue with this great awakening that's going to take place We'll continue after the top of the hour. We'll be right back. Rick Rodriguez. Due to the responses to our Ostrafarian CBD commercial, here's a message from Arnold. I don't know what the big deal is. I just try to use a little accent and sell some CBD and people get all upset at me. I just want to sell CBD. Buy CBD now. Now. Buy it now. To buy or find my kind CBD products, just go to the website, 1360khnc.com, click on the shop. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Rocky Mountain News Network, I'm Ted Werbin. Governor Polis plans to give renters waiting for assistance more time to pay what they owe. It's not clear if that's going to help some of them, however, because there's no more pause on evictions for those who haven't been able to keep up with rent during the pandemic. The Supreme Court ended that last week. But some people who've applied for emergency rental assistance are still waiting for that money to show up. The governor's new executive order gives those who are waiting on aid another 30 days instead of 10 to make up their past due payments. I'm Jim Williams. 
Many people would say wild horses are part of the identity of Colorado, but right now a record number of them are being captured in the state's biggest wild horse roundup ever due to prolonged drought conditions in their natural habitat the last several months. In northwest Florida's sand-washed basin west of Craig, the Federal Bureau of Land Management is using helicopters to drive more than 730 horses into corrals. Bruce Silito manages that part of Colorado for the BLM and says the idea of removing the equines from harsh drought conditions is to save them, not to hurt them. I appreciate that people are emotional about these animals because they're beautiful animals. They also need to understand that it's not okay for us to allow the population to get up to a certain level right on the edge before they start to crash. He says the drought has left too little water and vegetation for the herd to feed on, so the numbers got to be reduced to about 160. The management level that ensures there's sufficient food for the horses and for the sage grouse and the antelope and the other animals that call Sandwash Basin home. Some activists call the helicopters terrifying for the horses and say the whole procedure is cruel. But within a few months, the hundreds of horses rounded up will be available for adoption. In sports, the Rockies trying to win a second straight game from the Braves at Coors Field last night. Herman Marquez went five innings on the mound, allowing only four runs, two earned, five strikeouts, and one walk. Colorado won it 7-6. I'm Ted Werbin. You protect yourself, your family, and the environment when you safely dispose of your unused or expired medications. The Colorado Household Medication Take-Back Program is available to residents and visitors for the safe disposal of medications. For the list of pharmacies or police departments providing a drop box for safe disposal of your medications, visit TakeMedSeriously.org. This message is sponsored by the Colorado Department Public Health and Environment's Medication Take-Back Program. TakeMedSeriously.org. So then I dropped some garlic and croutons on there, and the rest is salad history. I made the best salad ever, people, and now I'm making the best app. The Caesar Sportsbook app got live in-game betting, parlays, and Caesar rewards. Caesar salad ain't got nothing on my app. Nothing. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app. Your app is ready, Emperor. Are you an expert in your field? Do you want to educate your fellow man? Or have you always just wanted to be on the radio? Here at 1360 KHNC, you can do just that by hosting your own radio show. Looking to grow your business or share your thoughts and opinions or simply bragging to your friends that you have your own radio show. For more information, call us at 970-587-5003 or email us at contact at 1360KHNC.com. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont, or visit warriorsrevolution.com. 
That's warriorsrevolution.com. Most people think they can't afford to invest in gold and silver. But at the Patriot Trading Group, we believe that everyone should have the opportunity to own hard assets. That's why we created our Preferred Metals Program. You can get started for as little as $100 a month. Go to allamericangold.com and click on our Preferred Metals icon to learn how you can get started today. Or call us at 800-951-0592, the Patriot Trading Group, allamericangold.com. Since a ragged tent Where there ain't no trees And that gospel group Welcome to the second hour of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. This is Rick Rodriguez. First hour, I'm covering the Great Awakenings of God in America, getting ready for the final Great Awakening that will take place in this country and in the world. These great these awakenings are part of the history that are important. For God's people, so God's people can see God working in the past, the present, and what He's planning to do in the future. I'm at, uh, well, before I go on, the contact information is the Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado. 80502 P.O. Box 872 Longmont, Colorado 80502 And uh, every Sunday from 8 to 11 on 1360KHNC.com the podcasts for all programs Starting this week on Tuesday, Tuesday to Thursday this week, and then every week following will be Monday through Thursday, I'll have the Present Truth program from 2 p.m. to 3. That'll be Monday through Thursday every week. I'm going to take off tomorrow. Well, I actually have to work tomorrow, but I'll take tomorrow afternoon off so I won't do the first Present Truth program on Labor Day. I will wait till the day following. The Great Awakenings are important so God's people understands what they're about. The First Awakening, the Christians were, you might say, lukewarm, and the First Awakening was to revive the children of God, to be hot toward God again. Now, the businessman's revival in 1857, a 10-year period, 1858, was in the North Dutch Church in New York. They hired a Jeremiah, Jeremiah Lampier to be a lay missionary. And he prayed, Lord, what would you have me to do? And uh, he was concerned by the 
businessman on the streets of New York, and he decided to open up a church so that at noon, businessmen could pray. The first meeting was set for the 23rd of September, 1857. Then there was a bank panic of 1857. He says that it states that six attended the first week, 20, the second week, 40, then 40 people. Then they switched to daily meetings. Before long, all the space was taken. It was sometimes called the Great Prayer Meeting Revival. It spread throughout the United States and the world, again called the Great Prayer Meeting Revival. An estimated one million people were added to America's church roles, and as many as one million people of the four million existing church members also converted, were also converted. Then you have the Civil War Revival, 1861 to 1865. And the Christians on the North and the South, you have Christians fighting each other. And you have, and both groups are set, politically set in their positions, and they're going to war, Christian against Christian. Christians on the South, Families were praying for their sons. Christians on the north, the same. This war was God once again in the, in the different ways that God does things to bring awareness, number one, to slavery, to end slavery. And at the same time, it was an awakening. The war cost 620,000 lives. This is no small matter. It seemed in 1861 that the soldiers from both sides had left their Christianity at home and had gone morally berserk. By 1862, the tide turned, first among the Confederate forces. An estimated 300,000 soldiers were converted, evenly divided between the southern and the northern armies. So, you have conversions taking place in that time of war, which historians never talk about. Then you have the urban revivals of 1875 to 1885. Young businessman Dwight L. Moody precipitated or, I'm sorry, participated in the Great Revival of 1857. It swept through Chicago. He later conducted revivals throughout the British Isles. He spoke to two and a half million people. In 1875, Moody returned home and began revivals in America's biggest cities. Hundreds of millions were converted. Thousands and thousands were converted. Millions were inspired by the great soul winner. D.L. Moody, uh, he is considered to be the greatest soul winner of his time. But actually, D.L. Moody, there was another man by the name of Sam P. Jones. Samuel P. Jones. D.L. Moody met Samuel P. Jones. And he... Moody 
stated that there was no greater soul winner in American history than Sam P. Jones. He was more effective, this man, for the gospel than even Moody was, uh, even, even Moody. And so Moody, out of his own mouth, he knew eventually Sam P. Jones would go to uh, Indianapolis and no one had been able to break that city open, the gospel being preached to convert people in that city. And D.L. Moody stated that other men, other preachers had tried, but they could not crack, in a sense, crack the hearts of the people of that city. And Sam P. Jones was going to Cincinnati, Indianapolis, sorry, and uh, Sam P. Jones, or, or Moody said, that Sam P. Jones, if no one can break it, how do he phrase it? That Sam P. Jones would probably be the only person to ever break that city open for the gospel. And it did occur. If I can, if I have the time, I'll talk about Sam P. Jones. Going on with the revival of 1875 to 1885. At the turn of the 20th century, the mood of the country was changing. Outside of the church with the era of er, er, was the era of radios, movies, the jazz age. World War I led to a moral letdown, the Roaring Twenties. The era came to an abrupt end. 1929, the Great Depression, the stock market crash. And right prior to that, in 1905 to 1906, was the Welsh Revival. It was... Uh, in Pennsylvania where it occurred in 1904 the revival broke out by 1905 local rivals blazed in places like Brooklyn Michigan Denver Nebraska North Dakota South Carolina Georgia Taylor University Yale University Ashbury College in Wilmore Kentucky Billy Sunday who became a key figure about this time preached to more than 100,000 people. Nope, 100 million people. With an estimated 1,000, 1 million or more being converted. Then you had, for those in the Pentecostal world, the Azusa Street Revival in 1906. An African-American holiness pastor with blind, one blind eye went to L.A. to candidate for a pastoral job. After he reached, he was locked out of the second service. He began prayer meetings in a nearby home. The Spirit of God, which they called the second blessing, fell after many months of concerted prayer. Eventually, the interracial crowds became so large, they acquired a dilapidated Methodist church at 312 Azusa Street, where daily meetings continued for three years. So this was interracial. And... Eventually, into the 40s, there were many of the Pentecostal churches that were white, and there were revivals would break out in the white Pentecostal churches. Well, then, there was a time, I believe it was the four square gospels, the four square churches, where the Holy Spirit fell upon predominantly black churches, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit occurred with the black people. God is no respecter of persons. God's spirit is like a river. 
it will go in the direction that God wants it to go. If he wants it to reach Asian people, it will reach Asian people. Hispanic, Latin American, black, African, European, doesn't matter. God is no respecter of persons. His Holy Spirit is available to man, woman, every race. Your economic, uh, financial condition, rich, poor, in the middle, intelligent, uh, those that are uh, unlearned, learned. God's Holy Spirit, the objective is for all of mankind to be reached. There is no favoritism with God. He is not a respecter of persons. But the Holy Spirit will flow to those whose hearts are open to Him, to those who truly want to be of service to Him. That's just the way it is. But the Spirit of God is made available to any whosoever will. Whosoever will, God is available. So the, the Pentecostal movements were not just too white. And then eventually, when the black churches began to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it did confuse quite a few of the white uh, churches. But, I don't know why. So this all began what they call the Pentecostal movement and later the Charismatic movement. Both exploded worldwide in the 20th century. Both traced their roots to the revival in, uh, at that time. Now, again, this began in the Laodicean church in America. The churches in America are the evangelical churches are specifically the Laodicean church. Not the Catholic, not the Lutheran, not the Orthodox churches. The evangelical churches of America are the young, dynamic, Laodicean church talked about in Revelation chapter 3. A church that is vibrant, evangelical, the, the key is evangel, uh, evangel, evangelism, and also the study of creation. This is one of the characteristics of the evangelical church in Revelation chapter 3. That we would be identified with the study of creation. And there has been more study through the evangelical of, of creation through the evangelical churches in America than through any of the other churches internationally. That would be one of the giveaways to the Laodicean church. The Laodicean church had to live in the nation of the United States of America. The Laodicean church would be a church where there would, there would be freedom of religion. Freedom to worship, religion, speech, the freedom to amass wealth, freedom to travel, and this is the, the freedoms that the Constitution 
of this country. Yes, the Constitution is for the members of the nation and for the religious people of the nation. This is why the Catholic Church came here, why the Lutheran churches came here, the Episcopalians, the Anglicans, why the uh, Orthodox churches came here. All that the churches of the world found great freedom to worship to in, in the way that they worshiped in their religion, in their practices. The practices of the Catholics is different than the Lutherans. The Lutherans than the Methodists. The Methodists than the Presbyterians. The Presbyterians and the Anglicans. Everybody has a different way of worship. A different, a different, uh, uh, just a difference. But, regardless, they had still the freedoms to speak, to worship, to exist. The practice. This is what divides Christians more than any one thing. The practice. Some, pra some worship this way. Others worship a different way. This is what divides the body of Christ more than anything. In a city, you have 50 different churches. And each church has a different practice. Also, generally, will have a different doctrine, a different theology, a different eschatology, if at all. They will see history differently. The practice is what divides Christians more than anything. But, the worship of God is possible if there is no guile in the hearts of the believers. Like, as a ex-Catholic, I understand the Catholic Church is full of idolatry. Marian worship, the Lutherans have a, uh, their idolatry, the Greek Orthodox churches, their idolatry. Doesn't matter. Evangelical churches, we have idolatry also. Practice is what divides us more than anything. Everybody wants, every assembly, they want the other assemblies to be just like they are. It will never happen. It won't happen. God flows where He wants to flow. And He doesn't flow in the area of practice other than if your practice is to be holy. If the practice of the assembly is to be holy, to be righteous, if the practice of the assembly is to know God, to desire sound doctrine, theology, eschatology, true history, God will flow. God will flow. But, if the practice becomes a religion, the Holy Spirit will cut off His Spirit to that assembly. And that assembly will become just a matter of ritual. The one thing that will invade every every assembly and the, pract and the practice of these assemblies if they're not careful, is religion. 
a system, a, a, a way, a system. The Catholic churches, they have a system. Lutherans, Greeks, Evangelicals, First Baptist, Second Baptist, Third Baptist, non-denominational. Everybody's non-denominational. They don't want to belong to a denomination. They try to separate themselves from denomination. They still have a practice. The practice is what divides the believers. And this is what God is going to break down. In the hardships to come, the practice that God is going to accept is whether you are hot toward Him, whether you want to know the truth, whether you are a person with no guile. This is a tough one. To be neutral and your heart is directed to the Holy Spirit and then by that uh, attitude, then the Holy Spirit constrains you to be careful the way that you interact with your fellow believer regardless of what denomination he's with. In years past, in times past, I prayed with different pastors. And the first thing I would have to do is realize where the pastor was coming from in his doctrine, in his theology, in his practice. And when you can, when you understand, it, it, like farmers in the field, or farmers, for example, or ranchers. Some farmers, their strengths are with corn. Others, they are they know how to grow wheat. Others, alfalfa. Others, milo. Others, vegetables. Each farmer has a unique set of abilities for the world in which the, the world that he oversees. But all the farmers, they bring something to market that is valuable for everyone. That is needed, is necessary, is vital for the whole. Christians and pastors are the same way. What I do in my ministry is different from what others do. And I have to give them the latitude to do what they do because God has gifted them, the pastors, in a way to reach their world. And I want to be allowed to do what I do. And then Paul even made it clear that when I have to be careful that I don't try to overstep my bounds into another man's field and interfere with what he does because I'm going to wreck stuff. So I have to leave things alone. And God is the one who's going to decide. Now one thing I do is I want to see the heart. I want to see the, the, the pastor to see where he's at as far as his attitude toward his congregation. If he's there for personal gain or because he's ambitious those type of people, I, I can figure them out right away. There are those that are truly called by God. There are those that are not called by God. I was in a fellowship in Denver a couple of years ago. 
And the pastor of this fellowship was a very rude kind of a guy. And I could tell that this was a, this was a career for him. And I remember leaving that fellowship later and I just said, Lord, this guy's a hireling. This guy's not called by you. He's called by the will of man, by the will of the flesh, by the will of blood. Get rid of him. I find out just six months later that uh, the assembly got rid of him. The same in Longmont, praying for those pastors in Longmont that are not called by God. And next thing I know, boom, two of them are, are leaving. <clears throat> there is a pastor presently, I'll talk about this in just a second, in the, I think it's the Foothills Baptist, the Foothills Community Church across the street from the Walmart in North Longmont, Gary Jeffries, he's a black pastor. He's been ministering and a pastor for 20 plus years, 25 years plus. This is his last sermon today. As I'm talking to you, he's giving his last sermon. This man is a godly man. This man was called by God. I've I know, I've, I've looked at him, I've checked him out, I, everything about him is absolutely 100% called by God and today is his last day and he has felt that God had told him his work here is done as a black pastor, great, wonderful man and today I'm sad to say I couldn't be there to be at his final presentation to the, to the uh, people that he loves the people that he has ministered to for all these years. I wish I could have been there, but I can't. But this is the type of pastors that this world needs. This type, this caliber of man. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Dennis Prager here reminding you to join me weeknights for conversation about today's burning issues, the ones that sometimes keep you up at night so you can listen to me. Dennis Prager weeknights 9 to midnight on the Roar of the Rockies, 1360 KHNC. Do you ever wake up and feel like there should be someone to run your errands? We want to get things done, but just don't have enough time. Many of us hire concierge services like dog walkers or food and grocery delivery. Why should your insurance needs be any different? At Badger Insurance Advisors, we act as your concierge for all things insurance, pairing quotes and prices, and recommending the best insurance for your needs. Call or text us today at 303-359-1799 or check us out at badgerinsuranceadvisors.com. This is Carter, bail agent at ASAP Bail Bonds. We now have a radio show. Tune in every Sunday at 2 to 3 to learn the truth about bail. Feel free to give us a call anytime for free bail information. 970-378-7878. We want you to know the truth about the rise in crime. Tune in every Sunday at 2. Hi folks, I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farm, land, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. 
If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. Hello, friends. This is Bradley Dean, show host for the Sons of Liberty. If you're serious in bringing today's injustices to resolve, understanding, of course, that justice guards our liberties, there's only two places in which to bring you, the Bible and the U.S. Constitution. Join me on KHNC 1360 AM every weekday at 8 p.m., Saturdays at 5 to 7 p.m., and Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. The globalists say resistance is futile. Will you choose to accept your slavery or declare your liberty? Find out how on Pac-Man and the Rev, Saturdays from 1 to 2. Sometimes the truth hurts. It's a ragged tent Where there ain't no trees And that gospel group All right. So, I'm talking about the awakenings of God that are coming to take place, that, that the great awakening has begun, the final awakening. There have been awakenings all through time, but the final awakening is what we're, where we're headed. The final time where God is going to visit mankind and warn mankind that uh, if they don't receive Him, if they want to uh, poo-poo, uh, stiff arm, reject, uh, Christ, it may cost them their eternal salvation. It may cost them for eternity. And with the Christians, for those that want to continue in their bowing to Baal, to the God of the world, to the cosmos, well, it's going to cost the Christians also. It will cost us dearly. And I'm talking about I finished with the last segment. With Christians, we have uh, the way we, we practice. We have practices. We have ways in which we worship, ways that we're accustomed to, ways that we like. That can be dangerous if we try to... It can, it, we, can, we can be at odds with our fellow believer. And I use the example of people that are farmers and even ranchers. Some ranchers are good with horses, other with cattle, other with other livestock, lambs, with uh, pigs, with uh, fowl, chickens. Everyone has a strength. And all the assemblies, the strength of every assembly has got to be in their attitude toward, the, toward God himself their attitude towards sound theology, which is the knowledge of God, the worship of God, the ways of God, doctrine, eschatology, God's plan in time, what will occur at different places in time, what God will do with the world. Like uh, best example, there is an Armageddon that is coming. All the world uh, is going to be aware of the coming Armageddon. They may not like it. They may wish it was not true. 
They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to dream about it. But the fact is, the Bible says Armageddon will come. It cannot be stopped. And all the things that happen leading up to Armageddon that the prophecies talk about will occur. And one of the great things before the Armageddon comes is a great apostasy of the body of, church, body of believers internationally. Another thing that will happen before Armageddon is there will be the final awakening of God on the people, the nations, the races, the tongues, the cultures of the world. A final awakening. We have begun that final awakening. And I'm presenting the awakenings to come to this point. I stopped, I'm right at about the Azusa Street Revival, moving up to what happened in the 30s and 40s. You had the uh, Amy McPherson, a kind of a revival right at the time of the Depression in L.A. Then after that, you had in 1947, 48, prior after the World War II, and even before World War II, there was also an awakening. Uh, the gentleman that I... He's given a brief history of the spiritual revival of awakening in America, Patrick Morley. Uh, he's not as thorough as I would like him to be because prior to, during the Dust Bowl days when there was the Depression, there was a great revival because people in America at that time had to depend on God. They couldn't depend on the government. They, they, there were certain things they could, the government could provide for them but the soup kitchens, things like this, these were Christian organizations that were taking care of the needy, those who uh, really had nothing, the destitute, that were didn't even have a place to really sleep. And then on top of that, you had the, the famine and the Dust Bowl in Texas and Oklahoma. These people had left their lands. They had to, to leave. Then World War II, prior to World War II, during World War II, there was a revival. All these awakenings, I know, I know the ways of God. There was massive amount of prayer, intercession, going out from the families that had children overseas in World War II and in World War I. Then moving into the 60s. There was the revivals in the 50s after World War II. There was uh, the Pentecostal movement, the way in which God brought into America the giftings of the Holy Spirit. I, I know that I've been planning to really be thorough on the giftings of the Holy Spirit because they're vital for the time in which we live. They're the weapons of warfare. Then I have the uh, fruits of the Holy Spirit, which are the subject, subjective traits of a Christian. Peace, and love, kindness, and goodness, temperance, things of this nature. These are subjective. But then you have the objective gifts of power, the gifts of miracles. We are moving into a time when the Christians are going to need miracles like never before. In America, you're going to need miracles. Right now, you're in a situation 
where you need miracles. You have uh, the nation planning to force vaccinations on the people of this society. You're going to need miracles. We're in a time, and we moved into a time of miracles where God's people, that if you don't believe in miracles, you better read the Bible because the Bible is full of examples, stories of how God's children needed miracles. They needed God to supernaturally intervene in crises individually. They needed miracles for the blind to see, the lame to walk, to the demons to be cast out. So the charismatic, then eventually I'm getting to the Jesus movement. And the Jesus movement was the great revival awakening of the baby boom generation. It in itself is one of the great revivals that has taken place, I believe, in American history. The revival and the way in which God introduced himself and became part of American culture directly, specifically directed at a baby boom generation, those that were born right after World War II, this is a unique in many ways in that revival or in that awakening it was not just the Baptists throughout America in the South, in the Southeast, in the Midwest, in the Western Coast, throughout America, but it was directed at a age group. Directed at an age group, an awakening of an age group. And the age group that it was directed at was the baby boom generation. The baby boom generation will bring much, much great blessing to the world. It did, and it still will be. It hasn't finished yet. But at the same time, in the baby boom generation, an awakening directed at an age group, out of that age group came some of the most demonic, satanic, evil ever that the world has ever known. Out of that age group, it would be the baby boom generation that has changed technology like never before through their experience, through their knowledge, through what they had gained. They were able to assist those that were into the, the millennials and the others into how they were able to pass on great knowledge and not necessarily good knowledge but evil knowledge to those children that would follow them. And the children, like proselytes, have become more evil than the baby boom generation children to some degree. Out of the baby boom generation, you have how many presidents? You have Donald Trump, Bush, no, Bush Jr., yes, Obama, yes. Trump, yes. Biden, yes. You look at all the world leaders in, from America in the baby boom generation. 
and what they were able to bring into the world. Globalism, those who were the, the protesters protesting the Vietnam War, the anti-social, anti-American uh, SDS, Students for a Democratic Society, that whole group in the baby boom generation that were anti-government, anti-everything, are now the leaders of this country. They have switched from what they didn't like to now they're promoting what they didn't like. And they are promoting what they didn't like, like you can't imagine. But anyhow, out of the baby boom generation, the Holy Spirit, and I, I say, reading the revival, many of the people believe that the revival began about 1967, 1960, right in that area where Haight-Ashbury time in San Francisco. I say no. I believe it began much earlier than that. I believe it began right at about 1960. And the reason I say that is because of John F. Kennedy. I say in my studies, John F. Kennedy was the man, the president, that opened the heavens. As, as I know many, no history. You know Kennedy was involved in... in uh, adulterous situations, he comes from a, a family, a dynasty that was evil basically, but I still say somewhere while Kennedy, when he became president, when John F. Kennedy, God did something in this country, starting about 1960, there was a great opening of the heavens and a blessing upon this nation. John Kennedy didn't want the young men to go to the young born that the young baby boom generation men did not want them going to war in Asia. The direct of the enemy, if you know the ways of the devil, was to kill as many baby boom generation children as possible. If he couldn't kill them in Vietnam. He would kill them through deceiving them and taking them into the occult. The great occult movement began about 1960. The sex revolution was beginning. In, in uh, where was that in New York? There was, the drug culture was beginning. It was in its infancy in about 1960. And beginning to move forward by 65, 67, yes, the baby boom generation children were caught. But it didn't just dump on them in 66, 65, 67. No, it was in infancy when John Kennedy was a became president. I believe there was a spiritual opening of the heavens because God wanted to pour out his spirit upon the society as a whole. But he would do it through, again, an age group, those that were born after World War II. Then the second magnificent component to the baby boom generation was it was not just Gentile children. 
It was Jewish children. Israel had just become a nation in 1948, but there was no way that the Holy Spirit could pour His Spirit out upon Israel because Israel was still and is still in a state of blindness to Messiah. So for the Jewish people to be affected by Jesus Christ, it had to occur in the United States of America within the age group of the baby boom generation. The baby boom generation, two corporate peoples, Jewish and Gentile, meet Christ to become members of a body that is incorporated Jewish and Gentile children. And it could not have happened. The great visit of the Holy Spirit to the Jewish people could not have taken place in Israel, and it didn't. It took place with the children in America. With many of the Jewish I think there's a, a hidden group within the uh, Jewish population that are musicians, actors. They're Jewish, but they were affected greatly by in the, in the 60s and 70s by Christianity, and many did meet the Lord and are caught closet Christians. I'm wondering about Neil Diamond. I do play this Brother Loves Traveling Salvation show. I just wonder. I know that Neil Diamond was influenced by the revival that he went to. I think it was in Mississippi. And he wrote this song. The Jesus Movement, it also began, it took place the 70 years, there'd be a 70 year period of time it began in 1948 when Israel became a nation. Shortly thereafter, within 12 years, the Holy Spirit would open the heavens in America. The Jesus movement would begin. And I believe that was again through Jimmy Carter. I'm sorry, through John F. Kennedy. I feel that what ended that move of the Holy Spirit, it already had the momentum. But another prophecy had to take place. The beginning of great apostasy. <clears throat> so, the apostasy would begin, I believe it would have a, also a timeline, a beginning. Apostasy has always been. But great apostasy was set in motion at the election of Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was supposedly a born-again Christian. One of the first things Jimmy Carter did when he became president is he eliminated every Christian in his cabinet. So the fruit tells more than anything. You can look at the tree, but the fruit is what is important. Okay, we're moving toward this final awakening that, we've, that has already begun. And we'll continue, finish out this hour.
Hi, Amber with Two Girls in a Broom here. Hate cleaning? We love it. Two Girls in a Broom LLC offering residential and commercial cleaning services in Fort Collins, Colorado and surrounding areas. Call us today, 719-216-1143. Providing basic clean, deep clean, wet cleans or Airbnb services. Let Two Girls in a Broom LLC do the work. We'll take care of you and all your cleaning needs. Call us today, 719-216-1143. Thirteen sixty KHNC is proud to announce our partnership with My Kind CBD, a local Colorado-based company that uses no pesticides, no herbicides, completely organic, no heavy metals. All their products are CAO certified. That's right, independently lab certified. Our prices are the best in the country. Go out to 1360KHNC.com and hit the shopping cart button and make your purchase today. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I would like to encourage everyone to make sure they are prepared financially as the Federal Reserve continues to destroy the value of the dollar. Since the closing of the gold window in 1971, the Federal Reserve has led the way in the explosion of debt and the devaluing of your money. They openly say that they need 2% inflation, which simply means they hope to devalue your money and they want to do this every single year, year after year. I know it's hard to understand, but the Federal Reserve believes in prosperity through debt and growth via the devaluation of your future. To learn more about how to protect yourself, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592 and protect yourself against the devaluing of your money. Do you want amazing Greek food with a great atmosphere and customer service? Well, Cafe Athens has got your back. Call them at 970-619-8467. Kerry and his team are great supporters of our station, so give them a try right away. They have everything from gourmet burgers, gyros, and overall quality Greek food. Located at the Promenade Shops at Sentara in Loveland. Again, call 970-629-8467. The best traditional Greek food in Northern Colorado. The Federal Reserve is in control of our money, but lately control is the last word you would use to describe the Fed. Emergency rate cuts, huge increases in their balance sheet, the constant blowing of bubbles and boom and bust cycles that just leave most of us busted. I'm Joe Jaquin, owner of the Patriot Trading Group, and we have been protecting people's wealth for almost 25 years. Stop playing the Fed's game and get your wealth protected. Call us at 800-951-0592 or visit our website at allamericangold.com. All right, I'm finishing out Hour 2 of today's program. Contact information is P.O. Box is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80501, and Rick at khnc.com. Next Sunday from uh, 8 to 11, I'll be here again, a three-hour program, and then starting... This week, I'll start on Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the Present Truth program on here on 1360 KHNC AM radio from 2 to 3. And then the following week, 
Monday through Thursday, every week, Monday through Thursday, from 2 to 3 for the present truth. And then after uh, this program is over at 11, I'll have an hour break, and then I will at noon have an hour. I'm going to talk about uh, how the appears this, this government is trying to overthrow the coming election of Vladimir Putin. We'll talk about that. But in the meantime, I'm talking about the awakenings of God. I'm to about the Jesus movement in the 60s. I'm going to talk about, finish talking about that, and then what will happen in about 1976 and forward to the present, and how did the great, the great uh, apostasy, how did it take root? And how subtly did it deceive the Christian people and the pastors of this nation? How did it do that? We're going to talk about that because we are now at the beginning of the final awakening of God. The nations of the world need to be awakened. The nations of the world are going to see God. They may not like what God is going to do. They may not want to be ruled by God. They may not want to be part of the judgments that are coming on the nations. The Christians uh, may not like to know that they have been deceived. They may not know that uh, the attempts to plan 20 years out are going to be futile. 15 years out are going to be futile. Even 10 years out, to a great degree, are going to be futile. Futile. We are going to close this age out. One of the signs of the Great Awakening, the final awakening, is that it's just that, a final awakening. God will, at a final time, one last time, awaken His children to the knowledge that we are closing and finishing this age. This age is not going to go on for another 20 years, even another 15 years, not 12 years, Probably within 10 years, we're going to be done with this age of the Gentiles. So we'll be back for the final hour. We're going to go into what happened in 1976, and we'll finish out the program. Due to the responses to our Ostrafarian CBD commercial, here's a message from Arnold. I don't know what the big deal is. I just try to use a little accent and sell some CBD and people get all upset at me. I just want to sell CBD. Buy CBD now. Now. Buy it now. To buy our fine, my kind CBD products, just go to the website, 1360khnc.com. Click on the shop. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Rocky Mountain News Network, I'm Ted Worbin. Governor Polis plans to give renters waiting for assistance more time to pay what they owe. 
It's not clear if that's going to help some of them, however, because there's no more pause on evictions for those who haven't been able to keep up with rent during the pandemic. The Supreme Court ended that last week, but some people who've applied for emergency rental assistance are still waiting for that money to show up. The governor's new executive order gives those who are waiting on aid another 30 days instead of 10 to make up their past due payments. I'm Jim Williams. Many people would say wild horses are part of the identity of Colorado, but right now a record number of them are being captured in the state's biggest wild horse roundup ever due to prolonged drought conditions in their natural habitat the last several months. In northwest Florida's sand-washed basin west of Craig, the Federal Bureau of Land Management is using helicopters to drive more than 730 horses into corrals. Bruce Silito manages that part of Colorado for the BLM and says the idea of removing the equines from harsh drought conditions is to save them, not to hurt them. I appreciate that people are emotional about these animals because they're beautiful animals. They also need to understand that it's not okay for us to allow the population to get up to a certain level right on the edge before they start to crash. He says the drought has left too little water and vegetation for the herd to feed on, so the numbers got to be reduced to about 160. The management level that ensures there's sufficient food for the horses and for the sage grouse and the antelope and the other animals that call Sandwash Basin home. Some activists call the helicopters terrifying for the horses and say the whole procedure is cruel. But within a few months, the hundreds of horses rounded up will be available for adoption. In sports, the Rockies trying to win a second straight game from the Braves at Coors Field last night. Herman Marquez went five innings on the mound, allowing only four runs, two earned, five strikeouts, and one walk. Colorado won it 7-6. I'm Ted Werbin. You protect yourself, your family, and the environment when you safely dispose of your unused or expired medications. The Colorado Household Medication Take-Back Program is available to residents and visitors for the safe disposal of medications. For the list of pharmacies or police departments providing a drop box for safe disposal of your medications, visit TakeMedSeriously.org. This message is sponsored by the Colorado Department Public Health and Environment's Medication Take-Back Program. TakeMedSeriously.org. So then I dropped some garlic and croutons on there, and the rest is salad history. I made the best salad ever, people, and now I'm making the best app. The Caesar Sportsbook app got live in-game betting, parlays, and Caesar rewards. Caesar salad ain't got nothing on my app. Nothing. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app. Your app is ready, Emperor. Power surges and lightning bolts can cause damage to your electronic devices. A EMP attack can fry everything, leaving everyone looking like the Flintstones. But don't let that happen. Go to EMPShield.com and enter KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield can keep you secure and running when no one else can. American-made electronic protection. Again, put KHNC in the promo box. EMPShield.com Eat a cow, eat a cow, cause it's good for you. Eat a cow, eat a cow, it's a thing that goes. Back the truck up. Where are you going to get 10% off 20 pounds or more of Chuck Short Ribs? Meet America. Locally raised, dry-aged beef. Call 970-759-9217. Or go to meetamericainc at gmail.com. That's M-E-E-T, America Inc. at gmail.com. 
back the truck up. Look at all the cows in the slaughterhouse yard. Gotta hit them in the head. Gotta hit them real hard. First you gotta clean it, then the butcher cuts it up. Throws it on a scale, throws an eyeball in a cup. And get 10% off of 20 pounds or more of Chuck Short Ribs. Once again, 10% off 20 pounds or more of Chuck Short Ribs right now at 970-759-9217. And meet America Inc. at gmail.com. This is Chad Yarmer, pastor from the Altar Church, 1630 North College Ave in Fort Collins. I'd like to invite you to join us this Sunday at 10 a.m. as we worship Jesus. Join us as we journey together to be equipped to fulfill our kingdom purpose through the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll experience authentic worship and a faith-filled message where the Holy Spirit is welcome and everyone is family. Find out more at our webpage, thealtarfc.com. That's thealtarfc.com. Welcome to the final hour of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church. This will be the final hour for today. Rick Rodriguez discussing the final awakening that will occur. The final awakening that's going to occur that we're in the middle of right now. One final awakening. Even in the Dark days. We're not in the darkest days yet. Darker days are coming. But there is hope for God's people. I uh, remember before I go on into the the final uh, this awakening and the history of the awakenings in America to give the audience to give God's children hope. In the story of Joseph, when Joseph went into Egypt, in the book of Genesis, Joseph is uh, Joseph had gone in to interpret a dream for Pharaoh, seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. And then after that, in the seven years of famine, Joseph had to call his family, Jacob and the souls, the brothers, and the families of Joseph, he had to call them to Egypt. And Pharaoh gave them an area called Goshen. And the meaning of Goshen is to draw near. Joseph was in Egypt. His children were in Canaan. Or his, his brothers were in Canaan. His father was in Canaan. Joseph wanted to bring them near. To where he was the ruler. And this is where, what God wants to do to his children. He wants his children to come to Goshen. He wants his children to draw near to him. He is, Joseph is a type of Christ. A ruler. And we all have a Goshen where God is going to protect us, keep us from the hardships that are coming. While they were in Goshen, there were three plagues that affected them, but there were seven plagues that did not affect them. And even with the three plagues that affected the children of Israel as they dwelt in Goshen, 
they were still protected by God in spite of the plagues affecting them. There are things that are going to affect us, but God is going to keep us in what will affect us, what he allows to affect us. But then there are the other hardships that are coming, the other judgments in the type, the judgments that came upon Egypt that did not affect the children of Israel living in Goshen. There are things that are coming in judgments to this society, to the societies of the world that are not going to affect us. God will keep us. We have to draw near. That is what God desires, that His people will draw near to Him. That will be your Goshen. As you draw near to Him, He'll put you in an environment that will protect you, that will keep you. But it's you have to draw near. Joseph called for his father and the families to come to Egypt. They were living in the land that God had given them. But they had to come to Egypt to be provided for. And wherever it is, wherever your Egypt is, wherever God is drawing you to, to provide for you, you have to find that. You can find that in principle through prayer. Where is it? that God is drawing you that is going to be a place that, of safety for you. Where is your Goshen? Every individual has to find where their Goshen is going to be. And to find that Goshen, you have to draw near to your God. You have to draw near to your Joseph. To Christ. This is the hope that God gives His people in the world. Hardships, troubles, things are coming. Things are already have already been attacking the societies of the world. But as you come close to God, God will give you the particulars of what to do and what to avoid, what to stay away from, sin for sure, from uh, it, it's an individual matter. It's individual for each one of us. Now going back to the baby boom generation. Yes, the millennial generation, the generations, the Gen Xers, all these. Yes, these are important generations, but. The foundation that was laid by God spiritually in the baby boom generation and the Jesus movement, that is the foundation that God has been building on. Of the millions of Christians, of people that became Christians that were baby boom generation age, not all followed Christ. Many deviated in the way. They went different directions. They, the baby boom generation, they became the main group of pastors, clergy, shepherds in America. 
if they go, if these people deviate from doctrine, theology, eschatology, and the history, then everybody that follows them is going to deviate with them. This is exactly what happened. I believe that the Holy Spirit began a great move on the baby boom generation children with the election of John F. Kennedy. The heavens were opened. Something happened with John F. Kennedy in his life. And he knew, I, don't, I, I use the term, he grew a conscience. Did he meet the Lord? Did he become a believer? I don't know. I suspect by some of his fruit, not the way he was morally as a person involved in with affairs, but in what I believe he was trying to do and what he was attempting to do with his presidency. Number one, keep the young men of America out of war. Number two, he was trying to do away with the power structure in Washington like the CIA, J. Edgar Hoover, these type of agencies. Number three, he realized the objectives of America in global hegemony. I believe he was pushing back at that. I think he wanted to take the currency off of the Federal Reserve System to a different system. So by looking at that fruit, something happened to this man. He had a change. I present this to you. You don't have to believe me. So the heavens in America were open. And during that 16-year period, there was a great awakening of the children of this country. And it was the baby boom generation children of this country, Jewish and Gentile, that affected our culture more so than our parents that were going to church on Sunday. And it would be that group of people, eventually, who would be the core of what America is today. It would be that age group that would take IBM to new heights, oil companies, uh, technology, uh, biology, you name it, space technology. It was that baby boom generation that is now at its peak and is now retiring. It is this group of people that made America what it is presently. This was the main intellectual property of America. We were the ones who got the best education in the universities of this country. We got the best jobs. We had the greatest ability to, to make income. We are the ones who made America what it is presently. Now, spiritually speaking, the baby boom generation caused a shift in the spiritual world. And the spiritual world shifted with this move, spiritually by God, the move by God. The great gates of hell were opened. Out comes drug, drug addictions, drugs, uh, 
the whole drug culture, sex culture, demonic worship of Satan, the uh, <clears throat> Satanic Bible through Anton LaVey, the New Age movement. The New Age movement thrived. Who was the core? Who was the uh, group that carried the New Age movement, the occult movement, to great, great depths and heights, if you want to put it that way? It wasn't the millennials. It wasn't the Gen Xers. It was the baby boom generation. It wasn't our parents. Yes, maybe some were involved in the occult, but it was the baby boom generation that took witchcraft, Satan, uh, Anton LaVey, uh, you have uh, Michael uh, Aquino, these people in government. The baby boom generation brought in all of the secrets of the occult world into our culture. We developed them. They are, they are evident everywhere in our culture presently. In 1976, with the election of Jimmy Carter. Now, Christians, if you can see what I'm going to tell you, if you'll understand this, Jimmy Carter was the half-brother of John F. Kennedy. They had the same father, Joseph Kennedy. Is this significant? It's from a spiritual perspective, yes, from a historical perspective, it is, it is uh, significant. But from a spiritual perspective, perspective, from a spiritual perspective, I believe it's even more important. Why? One brother opens the heavens over America to the things of God. A half-brother closes the heavens over America to God. I believe Jimmy Carter, he ran as an evangelical Christian, and he was able, through the power of the media, to deceive the Christians. I, I, he may be a good man. I do not see fruit of him truly being born again. I believe that he has the fruit of uh, the do-gooders in the New Age movement, the, who are compassionate, who want to change society in a good way. But one of his first things that he did as president is he got rid of all Christians in his administration. If you were a Christian, you were removed from that position. That is the fruit of the tree. Also, in what he did with negotiations with Israel, these were a global plan to bring Israel under control, not to free Israel and give Israel freedom, but to control Israel. So, what Jimmy Carter did, there, were, there was much more, but I don't want to get into it. With Jimmy Carter, I feel that this was the beginning of the great apostasy. There was momentum spiritually through the Jesus movement people. But the pastors in the mid-70s and late-70s they realized, what I have read, is that the Jesus movement people, these Christians, these young Christians, were a little bit, they were a little bit too free. They were...
preaching the gospel. They were, you could call it radical as far as presenting Christ to everybody, to their parents, to their brothers and their sisters, to the people at work, to the people on the street. They were making headway for the purposes of Jesus Christ for uh, for the, for Jesus of Nazareth. They were making great moves, the strides. The uh, culture was affected. The whole society was affected. And many of the pastors and the men of that time that have now, many of them have retired or they've, or they've passed away. They wanted to control the spirit behind the Jesus movement. Anytime you control the Holy Spirit as he's moving upon an area, a place, a people, an individual, that is witchcraft, that is always a plan of the devil, of his kingdom, to make sure that that move of the spirit is stopped, interfered with, stayed, ruined. That's always the plan of the holy of the devil to stop the move of the Holy Spirit, to bring in uh, what do you call it? imposters, an imposter spirit that looks just like the Holy Spirit. And now we're going to get into talking about that. Jimmy Carter, I believe, the heavens over America began to close and an opening began to bring in errant theology and doctrine. And eschatology began to be set on the back burner. The apostasy, when doctrine is not the focus of the believer, when sound doctrine becomes second nature, then problems begin. Because with errant doctrine, then you get errant practice. And with the Pentecostal movement and the charismatic movement, then you'll begin to bring in deception in the uh, the what do you call it? Uh, I'm looking right at it. I can't think of it. You bring in deception in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is interfered with because of lack of sound doctrine and theology, like Paul says, you are to test every spirit. If you don't test the spirits, then the spirits that are operating within a, a move can be deceiving spirits. And this is where I think that many in the Pentecostal and Charismatic churches, I remember in the uh, Wimber movement, I was part of that uh, temporarily. I, I wasn't a member, but I was involved with people that were part of the vineyards. Little by little, the theology and the doctrine 
was replaced for the sake of gifting and moving of the Holy Spirit. And I remember in about 86, one of the, there was a move, there was a time when many of the people in the, uh, the uh, vineyard movement were talking about, talking about the past sins and the hurts of the past. And they started talking about reliving those hurts of the past. No. Biblically speaking, once God Christ heals you of your wounds, you don't know, need to relive those experiences again. Because by reliving them, you implant them even deeper into your thinking, and it becomes a problem in the future to be free of the torment that those negative experiences bring. You don't relive the past. You don't relive the hurts of the past. And when I started hearing this type of psychological nonsense, I realized that the vineyards and John Wimber, why he didn't address it right away, I don't know. But you, I could see a deviation. I could see other ministries too begin to deviate. Then in the mid-90s, you had these revivals, the Toronto Blessing. And I know many of you in this audience, I don't mean to offend you. I'm going to offend you probably. That's not my intention. My intention is to give you a view, a different view of what these moves starting in the early 80s through the 80s into the 90s into this this next century that within these moves they were not all pure because the men that were leading these moves did not have a deeper doctrinal and a deeper theological understanding. And as gifted as they may have been in the gifts of the Spirit, they didn't have the great discernment that you have to have. With every move of God or awakening, there has to be the main gift, the gift of the discerning of spirits. You have to have that gift so you know what is operating in those movings. Now, with John Arnott of the Toronto Blessing, for those that were part of that, who followed it, who were eventually in, in the uh, Melbourne Revival, Brownsville Revival, with the Promise Keepers came out of Colorado. I'll talk about that in a second. But John Arnott had come to Denver, was meeting with a group of people. One of the people asked him, with the revivals that take place and all the odd people barking like dogs, people crawling across the floor, howling, roaring like lions, strange, strange things happening. One thing about Christ, he will never allow himself to be put in a situation where it is weird. 
things are weird, strange, odd. No. God will not allow His glory to be contaminated with craziness, with oddness. No. There's order in God's kingdom. And even Paul told the believers at his time there would have to be order in the churches, even order in prophesying. And so somebody asked, or not, is everything that happens in your meetings, is it of God? If I remember correctly, his answer was no. I remember his answer was no. And I believe the question was, is everything of God? The answer was no. In all of these revivals, is everything in these revivals of God? No. There are people who are shaking like lunatics, going crazy, things like this. The Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You are to have your mind under control, your soul, your mind, emotion, and will has got to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Your spirit has to be under control. Your intuition, your heart, and your conscience needs to be under control. Anything weird, odd, you have to question. But there's more than that, deeper than that, you have to have the discernment. A dis discerning to see what type of spiritual activity is taking place. Is it the Holy Spirit? Or is it a deceiving spirit of some kind? This is why it is necessary to have the discernment of spirit. People in these assemblies, in these, in these times that can discern if it's the Holy Spirit or another spirit. We'll be right back. Tune in Saturday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on Roar the Rockies, 1360 a.m. for the Gardening with Joey and Holly radio show. Get your garden started and growing successfully all summer long every Saturday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. If your part of Rocky Mountain Paradise has been waiting to burn for 100 years, this fall you should call Affordable Tree Service North at 568-6898. I have three houses fire went around, and Rob's handiwork saved four miles Boulder Mountain Lodge. We can get raging fire to drop out of the trees long before it gets too close to home. If the fire marshal flagged a drive or you're worried about the power lines, call 568-6898. I'm a tree-cutting man. Kids, when making those cool motorcycle sounds when riding your bikes, don't use your baseball or even your Pokemon cards because they may be worth money someday. Instead, use that embarrassing baby picture that your mom took of you in that ridiculous outfit. But when she finds out, you didn't hear that from us. Another friendly reminder from 1360 KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. Always wear your helmet. Hi folks, I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. 
I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farm, land, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. You're out with your family when... Reports of an active shooter. Of an active shooter. Dozens of shots. Unfortunately, in the world we live in today, this is an all-too-common occurrence. Contact Unfair Advantage Defense Solutions at 970-578-9821 or unfairadvantagedefense at gmail.com. And I'll give you the unfair advantage in the fight. That's Unfair Advantage Defense Solutions, 970-578-9821. You can also follow me on Facebook at Unfair Advantage Defense Solutions. Firearms and Emergency Response Training. Hello, my name is Keith, and I'm the host of the program, The Pursuit of God, on 1360 KHNC. And I invite you to join me Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock as we go on this great pursuit of God. Well, we're going to finish out here. This is the final half hour. The final half hour of today's program talking about the discerning of spirits with the uh, different revivals you have to have the discerning of spirits because here at the time that we're in as the Holy Spirit begins to one final time awaken his people Satan is also going to come in to interfere with that awakening there was a time, I, there was a friend of mine in Las Vegas, and we went out to have a cheeseburger, and we were in McDonald's, and we're talking about, uh, he's, a, he's, he's been in Las Vegas, he's a brother that's a pastor, and he's in the deliverance ministry, and we were talking about, uh, I forget, things of, things of the Lord, talking about how, whatever, and there were three kids sitting at a table, kind of a couple of tables away, and as they got up to leave, one of the kids came over and he starts saying, Hey, I, I hear you guys talking about the Lord and I'm a Christian and I love the Lord. And and uh, I, I just think that's really neat that you guys are talking about God. And and uh, so he and my friend Alex began to back back and forth conversation. And I'm just sitting listening. And, and then he starts saying, Well, you know, I think this here, and da, 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 and he kind of started talking about doctrine and doc, uh, Christian things, biblical things. He knew the Bible. But as I'm looking at him, I realized that, huh, what is operating here? So I, after about two minutes, I just said, I said, hey, uh, I had a question to ask you. And he said, yeah. I said, the question is, did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? And he stopped and he looked at me. And he said, what do you mean? 
And I said, did Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come in the flesh? And he stiffened up and he said, no. No, he didn't come in the flesh. And he stormed out. And the friend was shocked. I said, the guy's not even a believer, Alex, but he, he's a religious spirit, a deceiving spirit, and I could tell that he was something wrong about something about him wasn't right. That's why he had to confront the demon. That's what we have to do. That's why I say that you have to have the discerning of spirits. In southern Colorado, the turn of the century, a move of God down there. Focus on the family is down there. World Prayer Center. You have the head of the Evangelical Christian Association, I uh, forgot the guy's name, that eventually got exposed and had to step out. Deceiving spirits, Ted Haggard. And as you know, I had prophesied in about 2001 or two, somewhere in there, to a brother in Fort Collins that John Stalker would step down as pastor of Resurrection Fellowship, that eventually the move in southern Colorado would end, and that James Dobson would step down as the leader of the Focus on the Family, and that uh, the Spirit of God had lifted off of that move in southern Colorado, and God was no longer in it. God uh, was offended with some things, and as I've been studying it, I have come to the conclusion that there was some great evil taking place amongst the prophetic move down there. A lot of competition, a lot of ego. There was uh, money was involved and sin within the camp. And I told this brother, Mel Johnson's, at All Nations Church, that that move was finished. God was leaving. Then years later, the Lord gave me the knowledge that the move had relocated to northern Colorado. And eventually the Lord would reveal further to me that the move in northern Colorado would be in three counties. Not just generally in northern Colorado. I was for years trying to figure out, okay, what area of northern Colorado? Uh, Denver, North Denver. Uh, I didn't know where. But like with the way that God does thing, things, revelation comes incrementally at the time that it's needed. And as I would pray and pray for whatever God was planning, one day I took a prayer drive, Cheyenne, Back south to Wellington, the Lord told me, take the old highway into North Fort Collins, Highway 1. On that road, the Lord said, now, the move in northern Colorado will be in three counties. Well County, Larimer County, Boulder County. In Weld County, there is great witchcraft. Larimer County, greater witchcraft. Boulder County, the greatest witchcraft. These were the three counties. 
out of Boulder County will come great, great evil that will affect the whole world. The evil that will come out of Boulder County will affect people globally. And, and the Lord began to just reveal to me why the move in northern Colorado, it just seemed to be so quiet because the Lord told me eventually another, in another time earlier than the prayer drive to Cheyenne that that the enemy will attack the move in northern Colorado two ways. Witchcraft and religion. Two things. Witchcraft and religion. But God would prevail and what he intended to do in northern Colorado would take place and be accomplished. But there would be religion and witchcraft. One day, my wife and I, we'd been spending a lot of time in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'd been out there. The Lord took me out there for a move of God and training. I had to be trained. I was out there for a specific purpose. I had been given revelation in uh, daydreams or trances or whatever you want to call it, like the Apostle Peter. He had a, a trance one day, and he was to go visit Cornelius. Well, I don't mean trance in the sense of a satanic, satanic, demonic trance like that, but a holy, spiritual, righteous way in which God speaks to his children. And he spoke to me in a, in a quick flash of a vision, and he gave me an understanding that... Uh, I would be in a desert. I'm abbreviating this, and I ended up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Years later, that was in 1998. 2001, 2002, I said, Lord, what about this vision I had? Being on a train coming across the country, and the Lord showed me a train in the desert. I didn't know years later it would be in Las Vegas, Nevada. I would be on the radio speaking to the desert, and in the dream... Or in the vision, the Lord told me, you're going to speak to the desert. Speak to the desert. Well, I didn't understand what that meant. Well, I would be on a small Christian station speaking to people that I couldn't even see. But the Lord told me, people will come out up behind bushes, rocks. They'll come out, and you'll see them, and you'll visit with them. And sure enough, people would call the station, and we would go out and have a cheeseburger or coffee. And we got to be good friends. The vision as the Lord presented it to me came to pass. And I knew the great sadness is I loved the desert. I loved Las Vegas. I loved everything about it. But I knew in the back of my mind the Lord had told me, you know one of these days, Richard, you're going to go back to Colorado. Oh, don't tell me that. I don't like Colorado, Lord. It's a hard place filled with witchcraft. It's evil. It's been a trial to me. But the Lord said, you got to go back. And I knew that. Well, 
not pushing it. I let the Lord work it out, and eventually the Holy Spirit brought me back, and then the Holy Spirit said, now we'll move in your new plan. And part of that plan was to be right here on this station. And uh, as much as I fought it, and I didn't want it, and I resisted it, well, eventually the Lord put it in my heart, do this, 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 and now I'm here at the control board according to the ordained plan of God. You that are listening, there is an ordained plan of God for you also. The great final awakening of God in these three counties. And this awakening, then God, what God is going to do in these three counties is going to be more than just for these three counties. There is a greater plan than that. It will affect the front range and it will affect, affect the state. Eventually it will affect to the Pacific, over the Continental Divide, to the Pacific, to the East, to the Atlantic, and wherever God wants it to go. This is the plan. This move of God will be a, a move of the Holy Spirit. Once again, that God will protect. He has to hide it. Little by little, he will incrementally reveal to the people of these counties what they're to do and what the objective of God is. But for those that are going to be part of this move, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You cannot be pushed by your ambition. That's what happened in southern Colorado. Men were pushed by their vision by their own vision, by the vision of man, not by the will of God. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You, in God's kingdom, in the move in northern Colorado, there is order. There, Every per person to be in exactly the place and the seat where God puts you. You find your seat. You stay where God puts you. You'll be part of, you'll be protected and you'll be effective, and you will bear fruit. If you're out of place, you will. God will uh, make it difficult for you. He'll make it uncomfortable for you. This is not your move. Not your move. You don't get orchestrated. God will orchestrate it. It's His Holy Spirit that's going to orchestrate His move. It's not by might. It's not by power. But by my Spirit, saith the Lord. So, for you that are listening, you want to be part of this move, draw near to God. Draw near to Him. Wait for Him to counsel you. There has to be order. The two enemies, again, are going to be witchcraft and religion. I came back to Colorado in 2014, 2015. I was on a prayer drive through Larimer County, Boulder County, but north toward Weld, up to Cheyenne. I take drives out toward Morgan and over the peaks. And I just started noticing, and I grew up in this area, and I noticed, look at all these churches, these assemblies, these new assemblies. 
I could not believe the number. They sprang up like thistles. Some of them, some of them are of God. Some of them were planned by God. But most were not of God. They're by the will of man, by the will of the flesh, by the will of blood. They're not of God. They are men that have their own vision, that are following a false vision, that are part of assemblies throughout the country, that are in a movement, a church growth movement. And the movement is to cover all of the counties and the states of the nation and the world not called of God, not ordained by God, but of man, of the will of the man, the will of the flesh. So I, I said, Lord Jesus, look at all of these churches. And while I'm thinking this, the Lord was telling me, what did I tell you? I told you. You prophesied about this in Las Vegas, Nevada in 2007. You prophesied that the, the, the enemy would be religion. And I was thinking about my words. And here I'm seeing it. Weld County, for you who are in Weld County, the witchcraft that you have to fight, you have to learn how to fight it. You have to know what it is. You have to know to get the victories over it. The same with you in Larimer County. It's a different kind of a spirit. It's a little more sophisticated. But it's evil just to let, nevertheless. The Boulder, Boulder County, if you are not to be in Boulder County, then be careful. You don't want to. Some people, they like to think, well, I want to go to where the battle is the greatest. No, you don't. You want to go to where the Holy Spirit tells you to go, and you stay where he tells you to go, and you don't move. You stay put. Don't tempt God. Because if you aren't trained, and there are different types of evil, different types of spirits, God will train you where you're going to be effective. That's where you need to stay, where you're going to be effective. <clears throat> then, uh, what was I going to say? There was just another thought here. Uh, I forgot my thought. But wherever the Holy Spirit tells you to go, then Boulder County is going to be the most wicked. you got to be careful. But... It's not by might, not by power, by my spirit, saith the Lord. God is the one who places us, every member, in the body as it pleases Him. You better, young men, you better not be ambitious. Sisters, if you have a Jezebel spirit upon you, you better ask God to show you. Because with a Jezebel spirit, 
you'll be like a lot of the New Age women in Boulder that get caught by that spirit. And I spent time with Christian sisters who were very prophetic, and they didn't know they had a Jezebel spirit. And there was a group of them, and that Jezebel spirit was moving in that little group. Well, what's happened is all of them presently are out of the perfect will of God. They have gone out into that world of deception. Be careful. I'll be right back. Rick Rodriguez, hang on. This is Carter, bail agent at ASAP Bail Bonds. We now have a radio show. Tune in every Sunday at 2 to 3 to learn the truth about bail. Feel free to give us a call anytime for free bail information. 970-378-7878. We want you to know the truth about the rise in crime. Tune in every Sunday at 2. Reasons to own gold. Reason number 725. The government goes out of its way to make you believe Social Security has an account with your name on it with money just for you. But the Supreme Court ruled that payments due under Social Security are not property rights and are not protected. Social Security is merely a tax and the government is under no obligations to pay you anything. Call the Patriot Trading Group 800-951-0592 or visit allamericangold.com. Why does it seem America is slowly sinking? Whose fault is it? It's not the Obamas or the Clintons. It's not Republicans or Democrats. It's not corporations, the military, or foreign countries. It's the Federal Reserve, a central banking system made up of private bankers that corrupt and control virtually all aspects of the world's money supply and the economy. All of the major problems of the world can be traced to the Federal Reserve and central banks of other countries. Hi, I'm Jason with the Colorado Front Range News Hour. Catch my show with co-host Brian here on KHNC 3 to 4, Monday through Friday. We sell gold and silver, the best way to protect your hard-earned money. Call 800-951-0592 and keep those blood-sucking bankers out of your wallet. Hi, I'm Kathy Roberts at Life Choices Pregnancy Medical Center. Life Choices serves women and men facing unplanned pregnancies who deserve to be heard. We offer pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, and education in a non-judgmental, confidential environment with a caring advocate. Our clients come in scared, confused, and overwhelmed by the size of their issue, but leave educated and empowered with the knowledge to choose life. To donate, visit our website at lifechoices.org. Hi, my name is Vince with Serenity Painting and Decorating. Since 2010, painting residential and commercial locations. For a free estimate, please call Vince Rivera at 970-978-9565. Please ask about our free window cleaning after paint service. Again, 970-978-9565. Like a 
Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show. Yes, this is the story of your life. You're going to shake the valleys. <clears throat> You're going to shake the valleys here in Boulder County, Weld County, Larimer County. Believe me, I'm telling you the truth. I can't lie about this. We are going to shake the valleys. Now, I was just finishing with the Christian sisters, and men are afraid to talk directly to prophetic Christian sisters because they just are. But here's the thing. With prophetic sisters in the past that I've known, Many of them, because they didn't recognize they had a Jezebel spirit, basically drifted away from the plan and the working of God in their lives. And as prophetic as they were, they could not see that they had a Jezebel spirit. They loved power. This was a spirit that I saw working in southern Colorado. The sisters that were part of this movement had a Jezebel spirit about him. It's so subtle. So subtle. God gives you a revelation, and little by little, they begin to be empowered. And that's where the danger takes place. Once they become empowered, then nobody is going to, and no one can tell them anything. I have a friend, had assembly, she was the, the uh, she and her husband were pastor in Boulder, but she was the senior pastor, which was dangerous in itself, especially in Boulder Boulder County, in Louisville. And someone came up to her and told her that she had a Jezebel spirit. She got very offended. She didn't listen. She lost a wonderful piece of property, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sure, her health, she. She was sick. I don't even know if, to this day if she's even alive. She wouldn't consider it. And with the other women that I knew, my wife and I knew, not a one of them to our knowledge is really serving the Lord any longer. Jezebel spirits. No one wants to talk to sisters about that. Also, in these counties, Boulder, Larimer, Weld. The colleges are Nebuchadnezzar's training grounds for the children of the devil. The strength in Weld, Larimer, and Boulder are the universities. We're going to talk about that next week. God bless you. God keep you. Have a wonderful Labor Day. Rick Rodriguez. Due to the responses to our Ostrafarian CBD commercial, here's a message from Arnold. I don't know what the big deal is. I just try to use a little accent and sell some CBD and people get all upset at me. I just want to sell CBD. Buy CBD now. Now. Buy it now. To buy our fine, my kind CBD products, just go to the website 1360khnc.com, click on the shop. 
You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins.